0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Get Healthy Now with Candace.
1: Get Healthy Now with Candace, connecting people with plants to transform lives. If you are looking for good, healthy, natural strategies for dealing with your health care concerns or preventing health care concerns from arising, you want to contact Candice at com. And
0: Occupy Medical.
2: Occupy Medical is a free integrated health clinic in Springfield, Oregon. We're at a new location, 1717 Centennial Street in both suites 4 and 7. You can contact us at 501c3clinic at occupy-medical.org.
0: And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers. They have a business starter package that includes a logo, a 1,000 business cards, a four-page website, hosting for a year, and an email. All for just thirteen ninety seven. dollars Contact them at information at huntercreation.com. The show is also brought to you by Sue Sierra Lupe Consulting.
2: Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting is open for business, and I am a certified clinical herbalist. I offer in-home and distance consultations, custom formulations, holistic care, in conjunction with existing diagnosis or medication. You can contact me at Sue at thepracticalherbalist.org. Or is it .org?
1: .com. It's
2: .com. I right. was just kidding. There might be an herb for that.
0: <laughs> and brought to you by Ace High Heat Graphics. It's fall and it's the time for team sports and team events, things that are happening for the school year. Contact them for all your jersey and group needs. They can decorate anything from jerseys to t-shirts to hats. You name it, they can do it for you. Contact them at sales at acehighheatgraphics.com. And now, on with the show. As herbalism herbalism is the medicine of the people, gardening is the medicine of the community. When we come together to nurture the plants, inevitably, we find ourselves connecting more deeply. Today we're talking with Plato, co-founder of Eugene Labon-Cardard, poet, musician, and peace officer for Downtown Youth Initiative, about creating community in the garden and beyond. Now here are your hosts, Candice Hunter and Sue Sierra I'm Candice Hunter. And I'm
2: Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real, Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome back, Plato. It's so lovely to have you again. Yeah, it's good to be here again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we were very excited about the last interview we had with you, and you talked about everything. You talked about so many different things at do- putting together the Eugene Avant Gardeners and that community activism and uh, plant You know, food sustenance and medicinal herb as well. Like, there's so many things that are tied into that. But it seemed like the thing that, where it's kind of working in Candice and I's brain, is how how could another community do what you did?
1: Yeah, what you guys have done with the Eugene Avant Gardeners, I think, is a wonderful way of bridging so many different gaps. Mm -hmm. You know, income and race and walk of life and. Mainstream versus hippie, and you know, age, age. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, you you guys have done an incredible. You've created an incredible community. Yeah. could and you? I'd like to hear more.
2: Could you spend a minute I just did. to tell people that might be first listeners uh, about what you've done, in a nutshell? Before talking about how they might want to duplicate that.
3: Yeah, yeah. So the Eugene Avant Gardeners is a hundred percent volunteer-driven uh, nonprofit open collective. And we use this uh, organization as a platform to empower members that join in, and basically, any member that isn't trying to harm other people or other <laughs> forms of life can be a member if they choose. we're We're very open uh to bring in diverse demographics because we really understand that we all share the earth and everybody needs to eat and everybody could use some herbal medicine at some point or another. So then the organization itself becomes a tool for members to accomplish their goals that they're trying to accomplish.
2: What are some of those goals that people have had in the past? Giving away veggie
3: starts. We've had members that have been passionate about giving away veggie starts and they've given away thousands of starts. We've had members that are passionate about helping individuals develop gardens, and they've done dozens of work parties. Each individual just going to strangers' houses and being like, "Hey, I'll help you with your garden," and uh, hopefully those strangers then join the network. And that, and when it happens, it's a very beautiful, fun thing. And when it doesn't, we know we did good work, and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, it just depends on where people's passions are. Somebody at one point is like, I want to grow herbs for Occupy Medical because I can't make it to a bunch of work parties, but I have room at my place and I can grow some medicinal herbs here. And so we're like, yeah, that's great. That sounds like a good idea. So it's really about empowering people and bringing people together, create positive relationships.
2: And for people that might not know, um, Occupy Medical is a weekly integrated healthcare clinic that we have in Eugene, Oregon. And um, it has been a place where people have come to in order to pick up many of those vegetable starts. And also because we do use herbal medicine as well as having the prescriptions through the doctors or nurse practitioners, then we've been able to use those herbs to turn into the medicine that we're giving to people because everything goes out the door for free for folks. Yeah. yeah, it's been really amazing to have that fresh, locally grown, organic, you know, clandula, for example, those flowers that are right from here going to people that are living right on the street and they sorely need that.
3: And it creates positive interactions all along that chain of yeah. interaction, like, because, you know, the doctors, I'm sure, feel good giving out. The calendula, the patients, I'm sure, feel good receiving the calendula. Mm -hmm. I know that like I'll go to Patty or Lena, some of the members of the Occupy Herbal team's Mm -hmm. house and drop off stuff or pick up stuff. And we feel good about that, even though we're not even on the front lines interacting with the people. It just feels good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing because uh, Patty has these fabulous foot baths that she puts together and the calendula, like I said, and then some Some other people are just wild crafting and the, they, they tag on to your Eugene uh, Avant Gardner page and say, oh, these guys are doing this for you. And they'll contact us and say, I have a property out in the woods and there's all this usnia, and I know you need that for your foot bath for the diabetic ulcers, et cetera, for the trench foot kit can someone train me how to pick that responsibly? And that's part of that training is that people are launching out of that and using their land responsibly and yeah. then being part of the community. So they feel like they're, they're really, they are part of the healing and that's that, that kind of buy-in I think is what every single community needs. So how do people do that?
3: Oh, it's, yeah. it's so beautiful too, real fast, before we go into the how is, it's healing on every single level. Like you're creating a positive, relationship with the land so you're like healing nature obviously anybody pays attention to like what's going on the environment scene Mm -hmm. knows that nature needs a little love Yeah. yeah um people feel really isolated like overall if you look at statistics in our country we have a lot of people suffering from isolation yeah well great thing about this is you're connecting with other people in a positive context around gardening so it's like healing that and then when it's the occupy medical herbal stuff then it's going off to heal people in another way Mm
2: -hmm, so it's
3: just layers of of healing i think that that's a big question do you want me i think there's lots (laughs) of ways that it can be replicated and it's always a little different there's actually a member of the avant-gardeners he's kind of like a a johnny appleseed (laughs) communist hippie that's a little less eloquent Um, that we love, named Peter Gronicelli.
2: Oh, Peter, yes. Yeah, he
3: just started a Huntsville Avant Gardeners on the East Coast. And he helped start a Portland Avant Gardeners a few years ago, and they have a few hundred members. And I talked to their group once or twice about two years ago. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I'm not even in contact with them anymore. But I see that there's still uh, stuff going on the Facebook page, at least. So I like to hope that there's still stuff going on. Peter... Is he's an urban legend though? Because like he will just knock on people's door with a bag of sprouting potatoes <laughs> and be nice. like, can "I help you plant some potatoes." <laughs> like, <laughs> I can see that. That, that
1: is, is awesome. awesome. So <laughs> there's
3: many ways you could go about it, and yeah. it's really beautiful. Was awesome. Like ours at a ours at a birthday party for a friend of mine, and he had a mute. We had a he had a friend show up, and somehow it was mentioned that I was an avant-gardener and it was like, I love the avant-gardeners. He was like, I had a broken leg and there's this guy, Peter. He just like, and he lives in Springfield. He's like, he just stopped at my house. And uh, one day he saw I had a broken leg and he said, let me help you grow some food and <laughs> just started bringing me yes. a bunch of plants. And, Aww, stuff. Nice. and so see, Peter is definitely a Johnny Appleseed. But nice. I think the first step you could do is I, I'm, I'm reminded of this one example of a project that we engaged upon a few years ago mm-hmm. where this person just had the alley behind their house was just trashed and people are peeing and throwing beer bottles in there. And she's like, I want to wow. beautify this alley. And she's like, I want to plant some edible food. Mm-hmm. So like, not not like veggies, but like grapes and stuff that will last for multiple Mm, years mm -hmm. fruit trees and uh she was like i want to plant stuff so that when a mother and her child are walking through on a summer day and they want a snack they can pick it or that drunk guy that was leaving his beer bottle well at least maybe he needs a little midnight (laughs) snack and he can (laughs) grab something from a fruit tree but anyways what she did is she went to all of the neighbors with a flyer, just started talking about, imagine where it'd be if behind our house was this beautiful little alley, like sharing the vision, starting with like a vision to, to get them to imagine it. Like, imagine if this that we all complain about was was nicer. Yeah. And she just went to door to door and, and asked them all if they would come and participate and she was still a little nervous. Yeah. So she asked the avant gardeners to show up too. <laughs> we had three or four members that showed up that day and they did a great, uh, we all did a great day of gardening together. And I'm pretty sure last I checked in, I'm not in everyday contact, but last I checked in late last growing season, they were still as a collective taking care of the alley together.
0: Nice.
3: And it's like so can you still drive huge. through it? Yeah, yeah, but it's just on the side. Oh, okay. Like, there's a bunch of black blackberries, which yeah. now I feel different about <laughs> what we talked about earlier. Blackberries, but we we went to town removing the blackberries and we put yeah. a bunch of grapes in and some fig trees. And mm-hmm. stuff nice. Like that.
1: Wow. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. I love how that what you guys are doing is bringing groups together and it isn't always necessarily the entire collective involved. You're, you've got all these little essentially like committees that aren't actually committees, they're just little groups. You know, because committee always you think about gavels and people arguing boring. and boring, really yeah. boring, <laughs> dusty stuff and yeah. you guys are actually like having fun and it sounds like the committee portion of it is Brief, or you find a way to make it enjoyable
3: absolutely and we really try to focus on that side of things because well first off we're a bunch of green thumbs we don't have a website because nobody on our in our actual (laughs) collective likes to do web programming (laughs) (laughs) at one point we were going to get one developed it got about halfway developed and, and those it fell through um, because it wasn't actual avant-gardeners, was just somebody wanting to do it for us, but then they had other stuff come up in their life mm-hmm. and they did fully produce it. But uh, we really do try to focus on on what the members like to do because it's more successful that way. And the committees and little clusters we find as a group were more successful that way. Like there is this period where we are like, we're going to go an official 501c3. I personally actually am on the, was on the team of let's formalize I still am on that team but it brought up so much division and fighting amongst the group because some people are like we want to be formal and other people are like we live off the grid and try (laughs) to stay off the grid as much ways as possible so we don't want to be if you do that we're not going to participate wow and so Uh it was like You know, sometimes they're just members that just don't get along or just live in different parts of town or just have different interests of how they want to garden. Some people want to go to big public work parties. Some people just want to grow stuff from their house and only want to bring a few uh, people that they really trust Mm -hmm. into their scene. And so it's like, by creating the model as open as we have, it allows space for all of these people to kind of get in where they fit in. And there's there's definitely drawbacks to this like extreme horizontal model. Sometimes things can take slower um, mm-hmm. to get accomplished than if you have like a military command of somebody, the boss at the front, mm-hmm. saying so you all got to get this done by this date or else. But... We do find that it allows us to be much more diverse by being this open and horizontal.
1: Mm-hmm. And for
3: the time being, we're going to roll with that. Are so you, when
1: you say horizontal, can you explain what that means for folks who are thinking about setting up a, a community? How do, you, how do you do that? We how have consensus-based. Yeah. Oh, everything okay. is
3: consensus-based. But we have no formal leadership. Like, members get responsibility and power based on, like, I'm the last original avant gardener that lives in Eugene Mm -hmm. um, that's still involved. So I do get a little bit of, like, I don't know, sway or prestige.
2: You carry history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the
3: same time, when we're all trying to consensus on what to do, my vote doesn't matter more than another person's or doesn't mean more than another person's. So that's what we mean by horizontals. We have no official leadership at this point
1: uh, in time because we
3: want everybody to be a
1: leader. So how do your meetings go? I mean, how does that work? So we have two
3: kinds of meetings. We have uh, potlucks, which are just totally about bringing people together, establish positive relationships, get to know each other, share food, share conversation space, gardening tips, and then we have, and that those are really fun, loose, lots of informal plans happen out of those or fun little stuff like we had a Harvest Heroes subcommittee that came out of that at nice. one point where people were going out and doing a bunch of gleaning and giving out the food for free. And nice. that was really fun and informal. Now, our internal organizational meetings, we have those once a month and those are a little <laughs> bit more frustrating drawn out so, you know <laughs> the, the typical meeting of yeah. all right are we going to do 501c3 or not mm-hmm. what does this mean for the group as a whole pros
2: like, and cons
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and those are smaller a lot of our members don't want to be involved on that level mm-hmm. and uh, you know we do them on thursday or friday nights depending on on the team and People, you know, as many people want to like give away a Friday night to, <laughs> right. to get into the nitty to gritty. Argue details. About, yeah. <laughs> you know, more people show up for the, the fun events yeah. than the, all right, we got to figure this stuff out.
2: Type right, of, sure.
3: Uh, side of things. But we, we have at the moment about eight to nine people on our core organizing team.
1: Seems like a good number.
3: And mm-hmm. our Facebook. Uh, page has over 20, 100 members and our potlucks just change month to month. We usually get about 30 people uh, but it's always different. I mean, there's yeah. like, you know, maybe a dozen that are, or two dozen that are more likely to show up, but you always right. get a few new faces every time or a few faces you haven't seen in three potlucks or something like that.
1: But. Nice. Nice. You said... When you guys were first founding this, you ended up like for the first couple of years, you had one focus and then at one point you changed.
3: Yeah. So when we started, we started as a reaction of a bunch of people tired of protesting, but completely inspired in their hearts to change the world. And so they're like, okay, we're tired of just going out there and shaking our fist and walking around the block and... Also, we grew out of a, a homeless camp. The, the idea was generated at a homeless camp. And the reason I say that is because the individuals that live at these camps were being targeted by the police. They're being targeted by the media, newspapers and whatnot. We're all, all targeting them. And there's a tendency of like, oh, you want to push me? I'll push you back, you know, and, right, and be right. very adversarial and controversial controversial and uh not controversial
1: but you know confrontational confrontational that's the word I was looking for yeah during that period there was a lot of misunderstanding fear and miscommunication Mm -hmm.
2: happening in
3: general
1: in the community between the camps and the community yeah
3: and at some point though there's this brilliant idea like well if we try to build friends as opposed to just kind of beat the enemy hey Mm -hmm. we might be more successful So let's think about things that bring people together. What brings people together? Well, music brings people together. Art brings people together. But more than art, even food, because we all have to eat multiple times a day. Uh, You know, if we're if we're blessed enough to get to eat multiple times a day. And so we're like, food is the perfect way to bring people together. And then we are like, you know, light bulb upon light bulb (laughs) because it's like, oh, but by focusing on food, we can address environmentalism. You know, the average meal travels 1500 miles from the farm to the fork. The average farmers in their late 50s, like these are big issues. And we're like, wow, just by gardening, we can do our own little part to bring about these issues and hopefully resolve these issues. And so it was this idea that we all share the earth and we all want to eat, have to eat to keep (laughs) living. So let's use this as our uh, focus point of change and transformation.
1: And so that began your journey of building relationships with each other.
3: Yeah. So when we started, it grew really quick. Like it was two people in a tent that had the first idea. They were just cold it was on christmas eve Mm -hmm. or christmas i forget which one but it was on one of those holidays yeah um basically christmas and they had the idea and the first meeting was at my house and we had about eight people and then the first work party was also at my house and suddenly we had about fifteen, sixteen people.
1: Nice. And then
3: it just quickly grew because it was like it grew out of friends. It was like, I'm telling yeah. my friends. And then my other the other organizers were telling their friends. And we had a lot of friends coming about. And so that became like for a, a solid year and a half, a very fun, cool hit thing to do was like go hit up a work party, which brings so much joy to my heart <laughs> to just say it was the cool thing to do was go yeah. to the work party. Right. And so, but we were all friends first, like we would have uh, fires and potlucks and we would do a lot of activities together that weren't in the relation or in the realm of gardening. It was just like us hanging out.
0: Now, a word from Thomas Easley about the Journal of Functional Herbalism.
1: The Journal of Functional Herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional Western herbalism, clinical nutrition, and functional medicine. It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com.
3: And we started to get recognized by the community because we're doing a lot of awesome work and we're getting out there. And at the same time, though, we had this interesting thing happen where we had numerous organizers leaving for different reasons in a quick succession Mm -hmm. like most of the original most of the original founders left within four months of each other oh wow and all for different reasons different causes most of them moved one or two just like quit volunteering but the main thing was moving was people were just leaving town for other Opportunities in life and whatnot
1: and that happens a lot in this area yeah. we have a large Turn
3: large around. number of
1: people who come stay for a year or two and then go mm-hmm. so yeah, it's not surprising and then we no. and we have a lot of young people too, mm-hmm.
3: college students, people staying at eco communes, so like you know woofers and stuff so they're not really here for the long term. so we had those dynamics going on. And then we had a a man who was one of our core organizers. He committed suicide. It was really sad. And none of us anticipated it. We actually had done a work party together a few weeks before. And he had taught us this old Pete Seeger song. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. We like to sing at our work parties and stuff. So like but that's all of our last memory of him right. and then like he just commits suicide it's just so depressing oh, yeah. that we took the rest of the summer off because it's honestly a little sad to be around each other and uh and it was already pat it was like maybe august or september so it's you know it was getting late enough in late the in the season <laughs> but we were just like oh god that's heavy And so we came back the next spring, most of the original organizers were gone, but some of them were still there, myself included. And we're like, well, we got this like community platform that's got a lot of street cred, a lot of eyes on it, and a lot of people interested in what we are. Let's keep the ball rolling. But at that point, we shifted when we had the next year's Envisioning Party and starting having events in which it wasn't a core group of friends it was people various people from the community which is very beautiful but nobody was really on the same page and had a lot of trust for each other so it's like people showing up from community like hey i got this garden to come uh i need help i'm gonna create a work party and then you know you you might come yeah. and say that I need help and I'm going to create a work party. And you might come and say, I need help. I'm going to create a work party, but you two don't know each other.
1: Right. And
3: you don't show up to your work party. You don't show yeah. up to theirs. Mm, and yeah. so we just like, because we weren't like friends first or putting the relationships first, we were just having trouble getting people to support each other. Mm-hmm. And in and, and it's basic part of it. The matter is we weren't supporting each other. We were strangers that, Liked gardening,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and and you didn't at that point have a central organizing structure either because most no. of the original founders had moved. So yeah, and your and your basic premise is very horizontal. Yeah, so it wasn't like you had a structure there to carry you through and create. A new paradigm for yourselves yeah
3: so our third year was free falling (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was a tough year our statistics weren't as impressive that year as they were in the first two we still had a few beautiful things that came out of that time um The Grow a Row campaign came out of that time.
2: Tell us about that a little bit, please.
3: So that was a cool idea that somebody had that was like, well, I can't go to all these work parties. Because when we started, we really focused on the work parties of just like Mm -hmm. we thought, oh, I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. And there was some of that, but maybe not as much as we were like, see. And there's somebody that's like, look, I got a very busy life. I can't go to a ton of work parties on the weeknights and weekends, yeah. but hey, I can contribute some food and some uh, medicine to some causes. And uh, somebody, an avant-garde named Violet was like, well, let's grow some medicine for Occupy Medical. Cause she really liked Occupy Medical.
2: Good taste. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that was yeah. a wise choice. It was a great idea. It was a great idea for
3: her. And so we reached out and uh, Occupy Medical was like, yeah. And we pitched this idea on our Facebook page. And it got to a point where I remember at at one point, Patty, like the kind of the organizer of the Occupy Herbal team, mm-hmm. was like, tell them to stop. <laughs> tell them to stop for a while. We got to
1: know. And so that
3: was good. So even in our lowest moment, we had you know, some success, some rays of sun that were going through the dark storm clouds. Then Trump was elected. (laughs) (laughs) I got to admit, in the few weeks after Trump was elected, there was old people coming back, new people that Mm -hmm. were like, okay, it's serious. I want to start to be involved on a newer level and deeper (laughs) level. And then we started to grow again. And um, about so that was last year. That was the fourth year. And we had a lot of good growth and progress and campaigns. And we uh, were starting to develop. At one point, we were going to become a 501c3. And that became really divisive. And there's like a bunch of people that really wanted to do that. And a bunch of people that were like, y'all will be complete sellouts if you do that.
2: <laughs> I personally
3: was on the, uh, on the, on the team to develop it into a 501c3. But I'm also very open because I feel like nobody owns the avant-gardeners. So it's like we couldn't come to a consensus, a clear
1: consensus after Mm -hmm. months of debating. Mm. So (laughs) it's just still sort of hanging there like, ah, maybe, maybe not. Let's not, let's just wait and see what comes up. So it started
3: hanging, (laughs) but we realized at some point, hey, we're spending all this time like debating this formal, uh, you know, this structural stuff. And we're not out in the gardens. Let's just get back to having fun and gardening together again. And then when we did that, it started to grow even more again. And we're like, oh my God, like maybe at one point when we have the members and the momentum, people will want to do it. But in the meantime, let's just really focus on creating friendships with each other and like creating times for green thumbs to like hang out and socialize like Mm -hmm. we we started doing the market at the Whitaker uh, a booth at the Whitaker community market and our booth was just like our idea in creating this booth was we're like we don't want to sell anything we just want to create a place where people want to hang out once a week together that are green thumbs that are plant nerds and so we started putting calls out bring what you got if you got extra plants if you got starts if you got seeds if you got uh, worm castings, compost, whatever you want to donate, bring it, hang out for 45 minutes and, nice. or an hour or all day, if you want. Uh-huh. And the community responded and people started showing up just to hang out and bringing whatever extra stuff they had from their yard and uh, friendships and relationships started to form again. And it started to really feel like it did at the beginning. And we brought back the community, the once a month community meetings, I'm going I'm to talk about funny side tangent on the community meetings. <laughs> so a few years, when we first started, we wanted to do our community meetings uh, according to new and full moons. Oh, okay. And so we're like, we're going to do a gathering every new moon and every full moon. Okay. But that was really hard for the public yeah. <laughs> in general to map onto <laughs> because it's like... You know, it's much yeah. easier if it's second Saturday of the month. You yes,
1: know? yes, <laughs> yeah. Because those moons they like float around. Yeah, sometimes it's a Friday, sometimes it's not. So yeah. we we brought back okay last
3: uh Saturday or Sunday I forget which day it was but like last weekend day of the month we're going to do a gathering and we're going to do it at a different person's house each time nice and that really started to get people to know each other even more like going from the growers market which was this like uh space for the community as a whole but it's different when we have 30 people showing up at Donna Riddle's house or somebody's house just a member um Of the avant-gardeners, but it was more personal that way, bringing them into houses. We did a garden tour, too, uh, at this time where we are like, let's get people looking at each other's gardens and just talking about their gardens to each other because we all kind of focus on different stuff. You know, I have a friend that is super into pollinators, another friend that's super into perennial bushes or, you know, uh, people have their, some people are really into uh, herbal medicinals. Some people are really into growing different kind of brassicas. Yada yada yada. But it was like let's just get people over to each other's houses. Yeah. And that all really seemed to do a lot to improve our vibes and bring people to together again, where we were more like a family. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Creating family around the farm or around the garden, and, and really building those trust and those positive relationships. And then it started to take off again. And now I would say that we are at our healthiest point since the first sprint out of the gate.
1: Yeah, it sounds to me like you guys really, you went through the first flush, if you will, of excitement and all of yeah. that. And then you moved beyond that. It's, it's almost like the way that relationships evolve. There's points, and I can't remember, I know there's science behind it, but there's points somewhere around the seventh to ninth year in a relationship. And then again, if I remember correctly, it's like around the 18th to t- 20th year where the brain waves and the emotional reactions and everything about the way the couple interacts shifts. So there's the first, you know, the passionate phases up to the seven year itch and yeah. then the seven year itch to the center one is the family building phase And then, and that's the one that we rarely actually see portrayed in our media. We always see the like romantic beginning young relationships. And then we see the senior relationships, which is the ones where, you know, the two of them sit across the table and one makes a slight nod and the other one lifts the teapot and pours and knows exactly how much. (laughs) And and then the other one, the first one goes and gets the honey. And, oh, you know, I mean, they just, they don't have to even speak because they know each other so, so they well. They better
2: not cuz the other one's going to knock them with a teapot that says the wrong <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: So but it's that, that you, the different you. shift and it sounds like you guys went through the first flush and then when most of the original founders had gone you went through a that troubling itch phase as it were but you found your roots again.
3: Yeah. And
1: and though you had been pruned back hard you found the roots and remembered who you were and what you were about.
3: Absolutely.
1: And,
2: yeah. So, so you have a couple of things that you proed out, and let me just put them in a. See if I'm missing anything here. Okay. So, the important thing is to create a safe space for community. Absolutely. A physical and a social space. Absolutely. Um, it's important to focus on those relationships. Yeah. And kind of build some rules for talking to each other about those relationships. Be consistent, but uh, do not, but have room for, for flexibility so that you don't have stagnation be prepared for the evolution of the group. Are there any other pieces that you might want to add to that that people can?
3: No, I think, I think that's great. And just get out, start talking to people and asking them if they're interested in growing plants and, mm-hmm. uh, and if they have experience, great. If not show
2: them. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go, cause I know we've kept you for a long time. Uh, you. One of the things for this evolution part is I know you've been active downtown Uh, helping you. The city is actually paying you, or at least giving you space. They're paying paying you. Oh, good. (laughs) Thank you, city. That's where my taxes go. Thank goodness. (laughs) Uh, To go downtown and work with troubled teens that um, oftentimes are homeless, uh, helping them out. And I know that your experience working at Avant Gardener has brought up many of these leadership skills that you have and honed them. So, would you see it? I see the connection there. Could you talk a little briefly about that before we let you go?
3: Yeah, but real fast to clarify, do you want me to talk about like the leadership component or the downtown youth initiative component, or well,
2: what? just a, in a in a capsule what that initiative looks like, and then how how the the leadership skills that you started with at the beginning of, of okay,
3: yeah, yeah, I got a little narrative okay. I can get. So, I, I love working with downtown youth. And I uh, came into avant-gardening from a protesting background, but ultimately wanting to make the world a better place. A few years ago in Eugene, Oregon, uh, the city council was going to take away Keezy Square, which is our only curfew-free, public-free space downtown. And they were going to put like some high-rise bougie. Uh, mm-hmm. No no offense to the money people, but they're going to put mm-hmm. like some high rises
1: downtown. Some the apartments. moneyed people
2: already have a safe space. So what <laughs> yeah. you are looking for is a well, safe
1: space for are, people that there didn't are have a money. quite a few nice apartment complexes down there already. Quite a yeah, few. Yeah.
3: Quite a few. So I was uh, organizing and working a lot to bring people to city council meetings, including young people to speak and say, no, the, the city belongs to the people and this is ours. Now, one time at there, I, I joked with the mayor, I said, y'all are complaining about having to arrest so many youth. I was like, y'all need to just like pay me to spread good vibes downtown. Y'all should just pay me 15 bucks an hour to spread good vibes downtown.
2: And so <laughs> I said that
3: at some city council meetings. And then later... I thought about that. I was like, that's a good idea. Good (laughs) idea, Plato. You're a genius. I wrote a proposal
1: (laughs) about it. I just
3: showed up at a community center in Eugene one day, Peterson Barn, a totally cool community center. And they didn't know me, but I just showed up with this proposal. I said, you see those like roughneck teens off in the distance that don't participate in any of the programs. They're probably drunk right now. They're smoking cigarettes. I was like, I grew up with those people. Those are like my cousins. And I was like, I got a few years left where I kind of look young, kind of look cool. Uh, you should let me work with them before uh, I lose the trust. And he's uh, like, that's interesting. And so they gave me two hours a week on my own to just like kind of go out there and form friendships. And that's before the Downtown Youth Initiative was created. And so I was doing this just on my own off that proposal that I did. And then the fifteenth night, which is this big national movement, came about. And this is uh, based on this premise that if a youth spends fifteen nights unhoused, then they're past the crossroads and probably onto a, a harder track. In yeah,
2: life. We, yeah, we call that the streets take them. The streets yeah. they take like kind of get a feral look about them. It yeah. becomes more difficult to bring them back into a housed community.
3: Yeah, so there's people in the city that were starting to to recognize like, "Oh, wow, that's very true." And also, we can't just kick people out of one place to another place to another mm-hmm. place because I was talking about that. See, council 2, I've seen you kick the youth out of this place and then they go over here and then you kick them out there.
2: Yeah. And uh socially and fiscally expensive. Yeah,
3: exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That's a tan jacket rant on. But <laughs> 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 anyways, um at some point, it finally dawned on enough of the big wig decision makers that this old method wasn't working and that they need to try something new. And so this idea came about. My um, boss is really, uh, he's a really progressive, smart guy, and uh, I, I really like him. And uh, he was like, you know what? We need to change the culture downtown. And it's not going to do any good to just keep kicking people out. And I've sat, now I've sat with police sergeants. They have told me, oh, I thought I could just arrest my way out of this problem. And now yeah. 10 years later, I realized I made a bigger problem. <laughs> so The police are starting to recognize it. Not all of them. Some uh-huh. of them are still stuck in this very old school black and white thinking. But a lot of them are realizing. And so the city of Eugene has put money behind and I was like, one of the first people they hired because I was already doing this work for the city informally on my own uh, to create this program, to change the culture downtown. And they've hired people like me to hang out and to play games with the youth. And we have backpacks filled with games and food and hand warmers. And we really just try to change the culture and have a good time and develop positive relationships. And then when people express that they want to transform their life, then we're there and we already yeah. have the friendship uh, formed and we just opened the door. And this program is like less than two months old, but I've already seen people get jobs, get off the streets, mm-hmm. and like find housing through our work. Um, people Lynch. like start to develop... More positive self images, people leave partners that were are abusive.
2: Like mm-hmm. I've
3: seen some amazing, profound stuff come about by this.
2: And you're working with other partner agencies to find places for these kids to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah.
3: We we I was at a meeting with Looking Less today, mm-hmm. for example. They're really great. Women's space, Aphilia's mm-hmm. place. Right. Um, Hosea. Yeah. So yeah. That's great.
2: Well, it sounds like that's just another version of what you've been doing with the avant-gardeners, just the continued um, hands-on networking.
3: Yeah, and yeah. I would say that a strong leader is flexible and listens to people and is is not forceful, but not fearful, but it's like leading by following. Yeah. Um and I find that that has been really useful both with the Downtown Youth Initiative as well as Avant Gardening. It's, it's really listening, seeking to listen first and speak second. We got yeah. two ears and one mouth, do the math. Okay.
2: Uh, well, nice. thank you very much for being with us and thanks for sharing about thank all the you. work that you've been doing. And uh, people can check our show notes and they will see links to the things that Plato has mentioned today.
1: And where can you people get a hold of you? Uh,
3: www.playdoh.com P is in Papa, L is in Lima, A is in Alpha, E is in Echo, D is in Delta, O is in October.com.
2: And there's a contact me tab you can do.
3: Nice. <laughs> nice.
2: Well, thank you very much. And thank as you. always, put, put an herb, herb on it.
0: it. <laughs> The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other health care professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.